Welcome to Signal Fire Radio, a show about ambitious leadership for ambitious leaders, where each and every day we set out to conquer the villain of self-doubt by having encouraging conversations designed to feed the mind, strengthen the body, enrich the spirit, and grow the tribe. Our guest today is Garrett Harrell, former Marine Raider and now president of Southern Cross Leadership Solutions, COO of Elite Meet, and we are going to talk about how to build high-performing elite teams, as well as what is the true definition of a servant leadership. Welcome to Signal Fire Radio. Oh, welcome back to Signal Fire Radio, ladies and gentlemen. I am joined by my colleague and best bud, Matt Mylot, and we need to dive right into it today, Matt, because we just got a beautiful note from a listener, and I, I, need, to t- I need to tell you about it. Margaret, I don't know where Margaret's from, Matt, but she said, Rob, I really enjoy your show. You have a much bigger audience than you think. I'm picky about what I spend my time on, and this was worth it. You all are an inspiration. What do you think about that, Mylot? Exciting. Very fun. Can you elaborate on that? Well, I don't blame her for going straight to you instead of communicating the same message to the other two elements of the tripod. Well, but speaking of the tripod, we are saddened today. Because we're a bipod. Because we are a bipod. Our guest, Garrett Harrell, he'll make up the tripod, but normally we have the muscle hamster Evan Anderson with us. But why don't you tell folks where Evan's at right now, dude? Evan is providing, um, I don't know, he's providing intelligence and very... Um, nuanced expertise to um, operational things mm-hmm. in the other side of the world. He's doing the job, man. Through He's, a laptop. Through a laptop. Very impressive. Yeah. That's one of the things I think the cool things about our show, Matt, is like, you know, we talk about military and transition, but we try to look at it, you know, applicable to the real world and stuff like that. But Evan is still on active duty, or as we have dubbed him, a currently serving veteran. And so that means that sometimes he's not going to be able to do the show. Yeah. But we're going to make it happen. We're going to make it happen. We might, if we have time, we'll, we'll call him in. We'll, yeah. we'll have him call him. We'll have him say hey to Garrett and to you especially. I'm just jealous because, you know, for the older guys like me that joined in 2000, it's like your job didn't exist. Certainly Evan's job didn't because like, I feel no. like. The internet didn't exist before 2000, no, it did, did it? Yes, it did. Are you sure? Positive. What was that Y2K thing all about? That was something about the way technology was programmed through like binary code. And yeah, there was like, it was going to roll over to 2000. Yeah. 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 We're showing our millennialiness right now. (sighs) Such a great movie. (laughs) I got office space. I got another, I got another great suggestion from a listener. You ready for this? They said, um, that we should dub our listeners either, the Signal Fire Battalion yeah, no. or the Signal Fire Regiment. It's really militarized. It's not okay. very hippie. It's not very hippie, which, by the way, our Easy Hippie t-shirts are available now on our website, signalfire.media. If you're watching on our YouTube channel, actually, neither one of us are wearing the Easy Hippie t-shirt right now. You have the OG in charcoal gray, and I'm wearing the SFMC in Heather Gray. But yeah, go to our go to our website, signalfire.media. Not only can you see all of our old episodes um, on video and very high quality audio too as well, but we also have t-shirts for sale. Definitely. Yeah. What do we do with the money from those t-shirts, man? <clears throat> um, the profits from our 
t-shirt sales goes to support suiting warriors. Should should we tell the story about how Easy Hippie came to be? Have we not told that on the I don't think show? we have. No, I don't think we have. Because we, we, weren't, we weren't ready to release the t-shirts in older, older episodes, so. Don't hold back your animation. Okay, all right, I won't. So, um, Matt, you, you, we, we have talked about this, how you and I met on LinkedIn and how you catfished me mm-hmm. and made me think that you were somebody that you're not the first time that we met. True. But if you are watching on our YouTube channel right now, you see that Matt is regrowing the red beard. And so you're looking more and more like the original profile picture that, I, that you know, originally attracted me to, to want to meet with you. Well, so I do a lot of work on LinkedIn, and uh, if this is your first time hearing us, go add me on LinkedIn, Rob Renz. I try to provide a ton of value out there um, on the network to people. And I, I believe in my heart as a eight-year Marine veteran that no matter the amount of time that you spent in the military, the first and most important thing that you need to do after you transition is go decompress, go chill a little bit. I, I had the opportunity to travel with Outward Bound which is a fantastic nonprofit organization that takes veterans out into the wilderness. And me and two of my buddies that I was in mortuary affairs with, we went to Colorado. We climbed the 14ers. We got to climb four mountains within four or five months after my second deployment to TQ in 2008. Um, and I, I believe that people need to do that. And I know, Matt, you, we've talked about your transition here. You didn't get the opportunity to do that. You went straight from Virginia to California, joined the Join the police? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not. It wasn't that I I didn't get the opportunity. It's I didn't even. It wasn't a thing. You didn't even think about it. No, I didn't yeah. think about. It. I mean, mind you, I was married and had you know Ryan, yeah. my first daughter. But oh my god, this is this is why we have signal fire exactly because there's plenty of people out there like me that this would have never occurred to. Well, so I I put this out on a post on LinkedIn and I was like, hey, I think you guys should gal, guys and gals should consider. After you get out of the military, just chill. Take a week, take a month, take a year if it's practical. I mean, a year might be a little much, but dude, you know, each each circumstance is different for each individual. And I mean, tens of thousands of people watched this video and we got thousands of comments and then I got more messages than I, I could even keep up with. And people were like, dude, thank you. Like, yeah, I agree with you. I didn't get to do that and I wish I had, or I did and it was the best thing for me and my family. And it was just like great validation um, that that I was over the target, that we were over the target, that my network, and I think Garrett, our guest, will agree with me that this is an important thing to do. I know you and I shared the same feeling on this, but I got like a couple of detractors. Um, and that's okay. You know, I, I, I love diversity of thought and I welcome other people's opinions, but one guy got kind of nasty with me. Um, and he was like, man, you're out there giving really bad inf- you know, bad advice to people. And I was like, dude, this is just an opinion. Like, <laughs> take it for what it's worth. And, <clears throat> and I remember it getting a little nasty in my direct messages. And he put, I think, what he thought was going to be the stamp down on the conversation. He was going to end it. You know what he said, Matt? Easy hippie. Easy hippie. How yeah. old was this guy? I, I don't know because we weren't connected. And well, what is what is picture look? He like? didn't have a profile picture, so uh-huh. it was like you know it could have very much well could have been a bot. I don't think it was because I know China could have been China. It could have been looking at you, Russia. Yeah. It could have been, but I I don't think it was because I know a scammer when I see one on LinkedIn. Um, because we've been down that road before. I'll tell that story at one point how Jenna got hoodwinked into a 
into a scammer on LinkedIn. But no, this I think this dude was legit. And he said, easy, hippie. And it got real contentious. And so I was like, you know what, man? I appreciate your opinion. Thank you for the conversation. Respectfully disagree with you. But I'm going to make a t-shirt in your honor. And everything that we, anything that we don't spend making the t-shirt, we're going to donate the profit to Suiting Warriors. And so it was my way of walking away, I guess, a bigger man <laughs> and, uh-huh. and turning something negative into something positive. So that's the story on Easy Hippie. Well done. <clears throat> Go buy a t-shirt. Definitely. Signalfire.media. So, man, are you pumped to talk to Garrett today? I'm very pumped to talk uh, to Garrett today. Oh, what a, what a joke. If you, if you caught on to that and you're not watching us on YouTube, Matt just uh, took a pump from a gallon of Jergens lotion that he keeps right here in front of the computer. Matt, can you please explain what is going on with the lotion here? Well, I'm keeping today. I don't always have it there, but it should be mentioned that we're in late January. Yeah. And it's cold and dry everywhere. And quite honestly, since kindergarten, I've been known as old man hands. And I'm not kidding. Old man hands. <laughs> Did they say it with like a little Irish accent? Oh, it's old man hands, Matt Mylot. <laughs> it would have been better if they did. And as hairy as my arms are now, they, yeah. were, they were equally that hairy when I was in kindergarten. <laughs> like color and everything. And look at my hands. Oh my gosh. I don't think I've ever paid that much attention to your hands. They're like iguanas so like on the backside. So 24-7, you're applying this lotion like that? No. I literally was just bringing it today because... It's a bad time of year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sitting at home, so... Yeah. I wonder what Garrett's going to think about this huge tub of lotion that you keep here. He's going to be like, lotion? Oh, oh uh, these are Marines. I get it. <laughs> I get it. Oh, man. We're having too much fun here on Signal Fire Radio. We appreciate it if, you, if this is your first time joining us. Um, we're really about expressing leadership and... Yeah, we talk a lot about our shared military life and business experiences, but we don't want this to be exclusive to the military community. We think there's a lot to learn um, from the military community, and that's why we bring local leaders together, Matt, to just share their journey and tell us what they're working on right now because, you know, we're going to talk to Garrett about servant leadership. Matt, I know that's something that you work on professionally at the university, Um, and, and so, you know, that's what it's all about. We want to make it accessible to other people. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. All right, man. What else, dude? <clears throat> um, I just miss Evan, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm, great to, I'm grateful to be looking at you, but I, I miss Evan. Wish he was here. We'll give him a call on the break because we're about to go to break here in a second before our guest comes in and join us. You give him a call. Maybe we FaceTime him real quick. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Take the pain away. Take the pain away. How much weight he has lifted today. That's a great question. We do call him the muscle hamster because he only does three exercises, I believe. I think he bench presses, squats, and deadlifts. That's all he does. Let's make a generous assumption and say he does three workouts only. Not only. Okay. Yeah. I see what you're saying. And let's not say he's not the tallest man. Say he's taller than others. Yeah. We got him. But shorter than more. (laughs) We got him. We got him a size large uh, in our first run of t-shirts. And and if you are going to go to the website and buy... The tie-dye easy hippie. I need to let you know that it runs a size small. So if you're normally a large, maybe get an XL. And because they shrink a little bit, they also run in the laundry, don't they, Matt? Hopefully, we're fixing that. Can, can you guess? Can you can you tell everybody how you found out about the? Yeah, we got the tie-dye first, shenanigans that happened at the Mylot House. We got the first shipment of T-shirts when we had about a 
a month ago? Was yeah, it? give or take. No, it's only been a couple weeks. Or, or yeah, that was the most recent meeting, right? Yeah. 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 Um, and one of them is the red Easy Hippie tie-dye shirt. And I wore it and threw it in the dirty clothes when I got home like I always do. And like two days later, Sarah's taking laundry out of the dryer. And she's like, are you kidding? And she just got like two or three, and I, I'm pretty sure it was in the load, two or three new like high-end expensive like the brand of scrubs okay. for work. They're called okay. figs. Yeah. Go figure figs. J- go figs. Yeah. Jenna only go has figs. the Grey's Anatomy brand. Well, that's usually what she wears. Okay. But anyway, she had just gotten these and she's pulling them out and it was washed with the Easy Hippie. And thank God none of them were white. Yeah. So nothing really happened. But, okay. um, you know, we identified some opportunity yep. for product development. Yep. Yep. And, um, well, I, you know, I talked to, Trevor Van Meter, hey TVM, he's the one who kind of put us onto the t-shirt provider and he buys the same tie-dye from them. And so in the care instructions he has, this is made to fade, wash separately. So wash it on its own. If you're going to get an easy hippie tie-dye t-shirt, wash it separately on its own for the first time and know that it's going to run a little bit and it'll also fade out. But that's what being a hippie is all about, right? Are we, are we faded, Matt? (laughs) yes exactly are we weakening our product right now no i think we're strengthening it because it's going to look better with age well i guess we're trying to create a message signal fire and i guess our shirts are kind of like signal fires too to other clothes how so oh yeah they're just spreading to other clothes (laughs) i was on his website today he's he's a creative cat yeah sure he's coming on the show soon he told me he was going to bring me a free t-shirt so i don't know about you we'll have to give him a uh, cold crispy, cold maybe crispy too. boy, cold crispy boy. Uh, real quick before we go to the break, about thirty seconds. Um, how aggro was Sarah when she pulled her brand new high end expensive scrubs out? Well, surprisingly, not as upset as I thought she would have been. Okay. And I, th- <clears throat> I think the saving grace was the fact that it was a signal fire. Yeah, shirt. She gave you a little grace there. Well, just because oh, you guys are doing so much great stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. Had it been any other. Article of clothing, it, it probably would have looked different, but no, she she wasn't. You know, we we got kids, so yep. like, well, she she has three, I have two, um, but yeah, that kind of stuff happens anyway. What? I'm I'm the third. Oh. She she has a forty year old. She's a forty year old man child yeah. with old man hands. Yep, and that's what you call bringing a segment around full circle. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back with our special guest, Garrett Harrell, president of Southern Cross Leadership Solutions and COO of Elite Meat, right here on Signal Fire Radio. Yo, this is your host, Rob Renz. I'm here with my very good bud, Matt Mylot. How you doing, Matt? I'm doing good. You got a case of the gigs over there, didn't you? Oh, uh, yeah. That was funny. Great, yeah. great, great intro. Dude, I'm pumped about our guest right now. We've got some history with him. What's up, Garrett? How you doing, man? I'm doing well, guys. How are you? I'm awesome, and I love how you always are in character because you never not wearing flip flops. This is true. And why? Why? What? The flip flops is is a part of your heritage, part of your legacy, right? It is. I'm a, I'm a Florida boy, so we wear flip flops pretty much year round <laughs> in Florida. It's the it's the dress uniform yeah, of Floridians. Absolutely. What part of Florida are you from? Uh, so I grew up in central Florida okay. uh, in a county called Polk County. Okay. And I probably grew up there until I was re- around 13, 14. And then I moved to north Florida. Okay. Just east of what they call the Redneck Riviera <laughs> um, in a town called Lake City. Okay. And uh, the next stop up from Lake City is actually Valdosta, Georgia. So it is extremely north Florida. So you're a big fan of Florida Georgia line then, right? Huge. That is, no. No? No. Yeah, they're not very good at anything. 
I actually had a discussion with my wife about this. The other Did time. you? Yes. Okay. What was your position on it? I said I enjoyed one song at one point in time. Yeah. But other than that, I don't think they're very good. It was like a guilty pleasure that... It what, was... What song was it? Uh, I don't even remember. Don't put the man on the spot like that. Well, he's going to have... The, he's like gonna, the, the, one of the very first ones. And yeah. if I heard it, I could tell you. Isn't that the... Baby, you a song, you make me want that to roll. That is not it. No? Do you know it? Have you heard Have you heard said song? Yeah, I know that song. I know that song, and I know that I changed the channel often. <laughs> so true story. So before before COVID, um, you know, we used to gather in large groups, right? And um, I got a chance to go to the Houston Rodeo. Are you a big rodeo guy? You ever been to a rodeo? I've never been, but I've always wanted okay. to go. Okay. Well, the Houston Rodeo is like the biggest rodeo in the world. Um, and it, it's at... Um, where the Texans play football. That's where they, I don't remember the name of the stadium. Um, but me and my buddy, Travis, he, we, we went, we had like sweet seats in a suite and, and, you know, they do all the, the rodeoing, the, the bull, whatever. I'm not a rodeo. It's not guy. called rodeoing. Ro- what is rodeoing? Bull, bull, bull riding, bull roping, riding, roping, barrel, yeah, racing. barrel racing, all that stuff. But at the end, Florida Georgia line played like four or five songs from it. And, you would think that the the crowd in Houston, Texas. I thought I went into it going, "Oh, it's country music; they're going to love it." Not, not the case. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> and not to negate what they do, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. it, people enjoy it. Yeah, they've got fans. They've got fans. Yeah, like, like my lad. Obviously, he just belted out that tune. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So, have you seen my wife? Yeah, yeah. I know Sarah. Is she a fan? Yeah, I think so. So we. I mean, I mean she's fan of like pop country yeah which yeah. is probably the country that i don't like so we but. are going to get a bad review on this episode from the conspicuously named matt's hot wife who tends to comment and review on the podcast platform regularly when she likes an episode we're gonna get four thumbs down on this one <laughs> all right sorry matt's hot wife whoever you are totally anonymous commenter <laughs> have no idea who she is so you went uh, straight into the marine corps from central florida was that no, I had a uh, I had a very interesting uh, journey there. Okay. Yeah. So I graduated. So I so Lake City was very affectionately referred to as something else. Which okay. I can't say on air. I right? get it. Yeah. You and uh, I struggled. I, I know you guys talked about Publix recently, right? Number yeah. One grocery store. That was where I was working at the time. Yeah. And I was trying to escape my hometown as best as I possibly could, and joining the military since it was actually just down the sidewalk from where Publix was. Seemed like the easiest route. Uh, so I walked down the sidewalk one day and just happened to walk into the recruiting offices. And the only person that was in there was the Navy at the time. Uh-oh. And next thing you know, I found myself in the United States Navy about three months later. Really? Yeah. That's so funny because we had Rich Cardona on a couple episodes ago. And his story was very similar. He went to the recruiting offices and he said he went into the Navy first. And of course, they weren't there. The Marines were the only one that were there. <laughs> so I didn't know this. You joined the yeah. Navy first. So I joined the Navy. I, uh, I was in the Navy for exactly 37 months. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, I was in a, I think it was a rating. I can't remember, right? So my job, I was basically an administrative assistant in the Navy. We were overmanned, I think, by 140 plus percent. And they were wanting all of us to sort of rotate into other positions. And I saw it as an opportunity to request an early release from service. <laughs> I am done. Uh, and I was probably the fastest paperwork in the military that I've ever experienced. Within a week, it was approved. I had a date to exit. And when I, when I exited, I, I went back home. 
Um, I lived just north of Gainesville, Florida, which mm-hmm. is home to the University of Florida. Yeah. And um, one of the one of the perks about my job uh, in the Navy was, as I was telling Matt earlier, I had a lot of time to go to college, so I already had an associate's degree. I jumped right into school, um, went to the University of Florida, and I graduated from UF in December of '99. So. And then you said, "Forget all this. I'm going to go be a Raider." Well, no, <laughs> no. no. Oh, there's more. Yet. Yeah. This is yeah. a layered story. Yeah. So I, I did work in the the private sector for a while. Okay. I had a pretty decent job. I was living in in Gainesville of all places. Still, you know, trying to be a college student, even though I'd graduated. And yeah, so you know, I was I was actually working at a job, getting paid very well uh, when September 11th happened, and it started making me think about what my priorities were. I I missed aspects of of the military not so much the bureaucracy right um but the camaraderie absolutely i mm-hmm. missed that and I, I actually found myself in a group of veterans that were all going to school at uf at the same time um we all worked at a bar <laughs> go figure yep um and most of them were marines I, I think i was the only navy cat there was an army ranger and i think an air force dude and I mean, I just, I really, you know, I, I really miss that camaraderie, especially after 9-11 got me thinking. And, you know, I, start, I started tossing the idea around, but I didn't really pull the trigger on it. And I think about a year went by, and I just remember seeing something on the news one morning as I was getting ready to go to work. And it just, you know, it was obviously about our position at the time in Afghanistan. We weren't in Iraq at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And it was just, you know... It really frustrated me, and I felt that, you know, Amer- as an American, I had something that I, I should probably do, so I decided to start looking into it. I actually went to the officer selection officer, because I did have a college degree at the time, and, you know, unfortunately, the, the list was a mile and a half long at right. that point. Even I mean, the comment was even, I don't need any names for the next three years. Wow. Which I thought was, was awesome. But it wasn't very fortunate for me. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, you know, he threw the dangle out. And as, as being prior service, I knew what the dangle was. Yeah. You know, it was like, well, you can always enlist and you can, yeah. you can go the officer route when you get there. You know, and I knew, I knew what the possibility of that was. But right. I was like, you know what? Forget about it. I'm going to do it. So I did. And I went, uh, I went infantry um, because that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be overseas. And, you know, it actually kind of played out, though, like the guy said. I got to my first, uh, my first command, and the executive officer of the command had done his homework, and he had seen that I had, I had a college degree. And, like, almost on day one, he approached me and said, do you want to go to OCS? Mm-hmm. And I said, yes, I do. And he said, I got an, I've got an open-door policy. Let's get this done. We're going to do it. And I said, got it. And I, I did. I started putting my package together and I submitted my package. Unfortunately, in the meantime, I got very disenfranchised with, with the Marine Corps. Mm -hmm. I, uh, my leadership wasn't, you know, wasn't what I thought it would, would be. And I got very disenfranchised and I I was ready to get out at that point in time. Was that the, the, the same leadership that recommended you for OCS? You know, they actually, they weren't very supportive of it, but because the XO had already come to me mm-hmm. and they knew that there was an open door policy there, they didn't have any other option. Um, but they weren't very supportive. 
and it just it just the, the leadership wasn't that good. It was honestly it was it was depressing because I was very uh, impressed by every Marine I had met to date, right? Um, especially working in in the you know in the environment that I worked in when we were going to college. Well, you know, of course, everything happens for a reason, I guess. Um, so I withdrew my package. I was planning on getting out, and about the same time, the command that I fell under was doing, you know, the command shuffle where they were taking all these units and sort of repositioning them across companies in order to build platoons that were on the same deployment timeline. So I was shuffled to a new command under, you know, an, an, under the main enterprise and uh, ultimately had, had, a, had a platoon commander that was probably one of, one of the best I've ever had. So just that one small change took yep. Garrett Harrell from I want to get out of here to I'm not going anywhere. Well, that and a deployment to Fallujah. So. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it too. <laughs> Which was actually uh, winding up at, my, at the tail end of my service. And I got to a point where I, you know, I had to, I had to reenlist. I had to pull the trigger on something. I had to either reenlist or I had to realize that I was getting out with little to no time to actually transition. And having been prior service, I understood what transition felt like, right. um, which is different when you're going to school, right? When you're, you know, when you're deciding this is what I'm going to do, you have that exit plan. You know, you're going to go to college. I've been to college. I, I didn't know what was coming next. I had a buddy. Um, that told me, you know, he had he had a guy that knew a guy that knew a guy, right? And he's like, you know, there's this new thing. Um, I'm gonna do it. You know, you should do it. They probably, you know, want a guy like you. So I, I got an email address and I emailed the guy. You know, at one night while we were actually at Camp Fallujah in the computer lab, I emailed him and uh, like right right before the after cafe. yeah right after a patrol or before a patrol, right and. Uh, he, he reached back out. I had it was it was so bizarre the mm -hmm. process, right? I had to provide a resume and literally list out. So the resume, of course, in all things Marine Corps, the resume that I had to provide is not what you would want to see as a as a hiring authority right. for a resume. Today, Probably right? your buddy who recommended you. You just cut copy paste. <laughs> it was everything I had ever done, right, in the Marine Corps. It was you know it was like seven pages long, right? Filled sandbags. Yes, everything, every Fallujah. stupid course that you took, right, while you were trying to hide out in the every barracks. Every MCI. Every yeah, took MCI. Math for Marines. <laughs> yeah. Twice. I'm a green belt. I'm a green belt. <laughs> So, yeah, you, I, I filled out this application. I, I did a phone interview with the guy, and he was like, yeah, you sound like, you sound like a, great, a great candidate to come over, so I'm going to get you orders. So I was like, perfect. So I came back. I, I, uh, I was actually stationed in Norfolk at the time, and I was living in Williamsburg, Virginia. And, oh, you that's know, nice. Yeah, Williamsburg. We was, just talked to somebody from Williamsburg, didn't we? Yeah, Lillian. Lillian. Yeah, Williamsburg is a nice place. Better than than Jacksonville, South Valdosta. Yeah, <laughs> or there, or Lake Lake City. Yeah, Lake City. <laughs> um, yeah, very very cool place. I mean, Bush Gardens was literally right down the street, as was Water Country USA. Nice. Season passes. Yeah, nice, nice. <laughs> um, yeah, so I did this. I got orders, and uh, you know, I did. I was <laughs> I was executing orders on Friday. December 2nd, I remember this vividly, it was 2006, and of course it's a Friday afternoon, I'm in my alphas, so I 
post I prolong checking into the command as late as I possibly can so I can see one person, right? And then they say come back Monday and you know, be in be in Cammy's come back Monday and we'll we'll get you around. Didn't happen. I walk in literally in the front door and the sergeant major of the unit is standing in the hallway and he looks at me and he's like, What's your last name? And I'm I go, Harold and he goes, We're we've been waiting for you. No. I'm like, what? Waiting waiting for me. He's like, Yeah, they're in the other room. They're they're talking everything through right now. And I'm like, what is this guy? What are you talk? talking what are, about? What is he talking now, about? Now, was right? this experience as elusive as the story is? Because I'm sitting here going, What kind of unit? Where are you at? What yeah, are you yeah. doing? So yeah, so I it's like it's like the born identity. So no, up. so the unit was, um, yeah, I probably should have said that, right? I got orders to a unit that was called the Foreign Military Training Unit at the time, and the basically the concept was is we take small teams, you send them overseas to work with partner nations and their their militaries uh, from a from a training perspective mostly, right. right? Don't they call that special operation forces? Well. Yes. I don't know. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> yes, I came to find that out Friday afternoon, like at four o'clock on December second, two thousand. Oh, so you didn't know that? You didn't know? Yeah, I did not know. So yeah. I showed up to the command, and I'm in there, and I literally come into a room filled with about thirty people, all in camis. I'm the only idiot wearing service alphas. <laughs> I'm in there just long enough to hear. All right, we'll meet at the pull-up bars at five thirty on Monday morning. And uh, yeah, and I'm I'm like, what is What's going on? I'm Am like, what's going right on? Place? I'm like, hold on, man. I need to talk to you for a yeah. second. I'm like, I, Excuse I'm me, confused. Staff sergeant. <laughs> and uh, I was told that there would be a process in place at some point. Like as I was, as I was doing these phone inter- this phone interview and submitting a resume and, and doing this bizarre sort of dance to get orders uh, to this command. And I was told it, was, it would be March, April time frame, right? And... Uh, well, it was Monday time frame after I showed up on Friday. And, of course, it was a selection process that <laughs> I wasn't, Welcome wasn't to the, fully aware of. Welcome um, to the end, Doc. <laughs> yeah, and it started Monday. So so with this, I mean, is this like the equivalent yeah. of A&S? So it was before A&S, and right. it was before what is called ITC, the Individual Training Course. It was basically the – it was basically the – the selection process and which was nothing, you know, it was nothing like what we do is for assessment and selection today. Right. Um, the training course that I went through was very, is very similar. We had, you know, it was, it was the model that ITC is built on plus some additional things today. Um, but yeah, I was not aware that that unit that I had gotten orders to had been swept under the enterprise of what is now Marine Corps special operations command. Right. Um, so yeah, we started Monday and you know, the, the, the rest is history. 14 years later. That's unbelievable. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Yeah. So, um, man, you said a lot in there that I want to ask follow-up questions on. Um, you know what, let's, let's take a quick break because there's two things that you talked about. Um, it, you want, you went back into the military because you wanted to feel the camaraderie again. Want to know how that ties into what you do with elite meat. Yep. And then, um, the other thing was you, when you got disenfranchised with the military, I'm sure your team was very effective. Um, and now sort of your specialty is not about making your team effective, but how do you make that team elite? And it sounds like just the leader was the difference in your experience. So let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, we'll pick back up on that with Garrett Harrell, president 
and founder of Southern Cross Leadership Solutions and COO of Elite Me right here on Signal Fire Radio. Welcome back to Signal Fire Radio, ladies and gentlemen. If you, again, if you don't watch this on our YouTube channel or on our website, signalfire.media, anytime we come back, that's M83, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, anytime we come back with M83, Matt has to wait until this certain point because there's like a little explosion in the beat. <laughs> Matt does this little thing with his fingers and he gets mad at me. He gets mad at me if I talk over that part uh, of the rejoinder. So Matt, are you feeling like we can continue now? Yeah, I feel complete. Okay. And, and just for the people at home, why are you so into like the pop EDM genre? I don't know. It just... It's just one of my things. I mean, back in the 90s, you know, I grew up in the Night of, Night of the Roxbury kind of when I was in high school and middle school. So, like, and that was a formative time of my life. Right. You know, the real McCoy and well, I can't remember any other ones. But, yeah, so my, my roots are there. And then M83 and, like, Electronica, Indietronic is, like, a blend of chill vibes. Yeah. But still with, like, this energized, like you know, electronic kind of. Feel. So, so slightly off topic then, and we'll get back to our guest care because we're going to have him chip on on this too. You were, you were LAR light armor reconnaissance, right? If you were gearing up for a patrol, is that what you're going to, is that what you're going to be playing? No, no, no. What's the, what's the choice song? And then Garrett, I want to get your choice song. We're going, we're going out on patrol. We're going to do some breaching. Um, well back <laughs> clearing houses in Fallujah. I mean, back in, in the middle East, I would say, and back in my time, it was, System of a Down. Yeah. Um, disturbed. Why do they always have the bar? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but now, like, when I was a cop yeah. on the SWAT team, it was, um, it probably got a little more soft. Not M83, but maybe. Um, Yanni? No. No, I shouldn't say soft. No, it was like Avenged Sevenfold. Kenny, Kenny G? Okay. Yeah. Mm. You know, Evan, if Evan was here, he would call that butt rock. Yeah, Evan would be yeah. playing some underground hip hop. So mad right now that we're even having this conversation. Evan's Evan's <laughs> warning order music is what you would hear in like Urban Outfitters. Yeah, <laughs> total hipster, Evan. Uh, what about you, Garrett? What's your What's your one song? You're going out on patrol. What are you going to play? So we routinely every every day. Right? Yeah. So we went on patrol every day. Yep. I think out of I think I was deployed 210 days, and we <laughs> did 192 <laughs> patrols in that period of time. We our good luck song leaving the wire was uh, Kelly Clarkson since you've been gone <laughs> since you've been gone yeah now when we were on the streets though and yeah. we were patrolling it was always Iron Maiden yeah you had to have you had to have some tough music we had with to scare a tough people face. Yeah. yes we wanted to scare people run to the hills number of the beast I love it you know <laughs> what, kids had to laugh you know what's so funny is we were just uh, Evan Evan Matt and I we were texting about this the other morning because Matt and Evan love dude love Lady Gaga I mean. <clears throat> To it Way just, beyond love. They dude, they fight each other. And and of course I stoke the fire. I'm like, Lady Gaga's not that talented, like whatever. And so, then it starts and, a oh, floodgate just, of justification. They're just, they're just like two cats. Like, but in two thousand eight, when I was in TQ, uh Katy Perry, I Kissed a Girl had just come on. And oh man, was that our jam, dude. <laughs> we played I Kissed a Girl like nonstop during that deployment. So Kelly Clarkson, I yeah. I, can, I can feel that. Yeah. I can feel that. I mean you know, it became it became our uh, our good luck tune. Yeah, hopefully TK TK will queue up. Yeah. Plus, the, I think the, the guard gates appreciated it every time we <laughs> we we pulled out. Here they come listening to it. Here come the Raiders. So, yeah. um, all right, awesome man. Well, if you're if you're just joining us, we're here with Garrett Harrell, COO of Elite Meat and President of Southern Cross Leadership Solutions. Now, there's a story about 
Well, just tell us this. How did you come to name Southern Cross Leadership Solutions as Southern Cross? That's a really good question. So I had, uh, I started, so when I decided what I, I wanted to do and I started a company, I, I, I created a name, I created an LLC, you know, and I would say that as I started a business for every three steps forward, I took at least a step and a half back, like mm-hmm. almost the entire way. And I was, I was talking to, um, a, you know, a company that I, I'm affiliated with to teach their, their intellectual property as well. And, you know, it's my, my LLC for my company is actual is actually called Harold Squared Consulting, right? Harold Squared, it was a name that my, my wife had come up with. She, she was playing around with photography at one point in time, and she had put watermarks on all of her stuff that said basically Harold Squared or H2. So it was something I went with, and, you know, the company that I was affiliated with was like, that's not catchy. Yeah. You got to come up you with got, something. You got to do something better there. And I was like, oh, my God, I really did not. You know, I was basically told by several people, um, you got to capitalize on your experience. Yeah. And uh, which Florida Georgia line, that was your experience. Yeah, that could have been the name yeah. of your business. Yeah. Well, it, you know, 13-year-old <laughs> girls, and I just don't know if they need need effective team building. <laughs> Developing elite teams of 13-year-old girls. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe there's a new target Dude, yeah, market. Yeah, you, you, I think you missed the boat on that <laughs> yeah. one. Oh, so yeah. I mean, you know, it was basically you you need to to, to cash in on this, and I I don't want to say cash in, capitalize on your yeah. experience. Yeah. That is your branding, right? And uh, you know, I was just very hesitant to put the word Raider in anything, right? I'm a part of the community. There's some things out there that that talk about Raider here, Raider that. And, you know, it's just, I, I know the, the stir it was going to cause, right? right? Like, so, but I started thinking about it and a lot of the material was from, from an intellect, from an IP standpoint, intellectual property standpoint with the other company, it was very nautically themed stuff, right? Based on that individual's background. And, you know, I started thinking and, you know, the Southern Cross, which is adorns all of our, insignia right under the marine raider battalions and and the command for the most part you know the southern cross is on our patches it's on our unit insignia um and it gives reference to the original marine raiders of 1942 time frame where they were doing the the pacific island campaigns they they literally went through training to be raiders within and with Within weeks, they were deployed. I mean, yeah. the training was even condensed at times. Just I'll to take get them that overseas. ITC right now. Yeah. A couple of weeks? All right. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And specifically, it was, it was most relevant with regards to Guadalcanal, correct? Yes. Guadalcanal was kind of like the, the center was, of... Yeah, the, yeah, absolutely. So, it, you know, it was, that was the reference there. It, it matched sort of the theme of the material, mm-hmm. um, which is really... Very much so about finding your azimuth, right? When it comes to leadership development and team development, and Southern Cross, it, yeah, it was just something. It, it you know it gives it gives me a, an opportunity to reference the community still and the great things they're doing, yeah, and and the history. Draw draw on your on your past and yeah. your experience and the heritage of the Marine Raiders, yeah, and, absolutely, and sort of give you a a waypoint forward, right? Yep. So it, what it. You know, you, we touched on a little bit about what you do now professionally. You know, give the people at home just like a rundown of why your company exists. Yeah, so I, you know, I 
was struggling with what I wanted to do after transition, and I was given an opportunity um, that I just I just mentioned. I was able to affiliate with a company and basically become a trainer for them as well and subcontract on a, on an as needed basis. And I was telling someone about it, and I've told this story before, but you know when I really started thinking about what I thought I wanted to do, and then I got this opportunity. It was probably the first time I got excited mm-hmm. about what comes next, right? And I spent fourteen, almost fourteen years, you know, give or give or take a month or two, uh, as a raider uh, in the command. And three and a half years of that time, I was the chief instructor for a phase of our qualification course. And then for my last, you know, year and a half, two years, I ran what was the only regimental exercise. Um, and I just, that was what I enjoyed, right? Like, I, I believe me, I loved the deployments. I loved the team time. I loved the dudes. But developing those guys that I knew were going to take my place in the future and do much better things, much greater things, that is what really what really got me. So that's when I, when I got the opportunity to become an affiliate of that company and I was looking at what they were doing. You know, they, they were hitting it, but where, where, they, where they ended is where I was like, this is where the gap is, right? And this is where I want to focus based on infusing my experience. Plus, you know, I'm a bit of a nerd. I'm a, I, am a, I am a lifelong learner, right? It's one of those things, but, you know, it's, I, I love, I've probably got, you know, more stuff under my belt than I ever really needed. Um, so I do a lot of research. I do a lot of reading. I've, you know, I literally reach out to people that wrote books to get more insight personally from them. And there was this point where they were, we were just missing the mark, right? And it really boils down to the team. And the team, like, everything functions better at the small team level. And that's really what I wanted to, to focus on and build upon. So I, th- I think it's important to say that, and we've never said it before, but I know a, a ton of Marine Raiders, former Marine Raiders. Yeah. And we were talking about this earlier, Rob, that, or maybe, I don't know if I was talking to you. Maybe. Every Raider I've ever known is an exceptionally intelligent person. Yeah, we were. We that was you and me talking about it. It was. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. mean, I don't mean tactical proficiency. I mean intellect. I mean academic knowledge. Well, you I mean, and I, Gary, you and I, we got lunch on a month, month and a half back, and uh, we started talking about it briefly. But I think that's got to be by design, right? Like raiders are put together with certain skill sets to complement. You know, you got a team house and you've got different people who are good at different things because that's what makes it the most efficient, the most effective and elite. Is that, am I correct in saying that? So that is a primarily, I would say that's a soft con- concept, right, for special operations forces. So, yeah, we, we follow that mold. But for the most part, you know, the basic, you know, the, the raider that graduates the course and goes to the, you know, goes to the team knows the fundamental foundational skills to be successful at the team. Now, as they progress, you know, as, as they develop team time, yes, they start advancing those, those skill sets. And yeah, you're, you're talking about different, you know, niches that complement. So there's, they can be more effective at the team level, but that's honestly like probably if anybody does that better than anybody, I would say it's probably army special forces. Actually. Why is that? It's because they just, they start out when they actually go through their qualification course, they already break down into those functional areas. So each of them has something that they're taking to the team already, you know, beyond the foundational level skill sets. Right. So why aren't, 
I'm getting in, I'm getting in a pigeonhole, but what, why aren't isn't everybody doing that? Why isn't all the elements of soft? Yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. I guess it's uh, I, I guess it boils down to what you know what the commanders see. So like in in the in the Raider regiment, you see what you want is you want a basic Marine Raider that can do great things at the foundational level and then be groomed, you know. But on SF, because they're in smaller teams as well, they learn functional functional skills as individuals and come together. So so how do you draw on your experiences now in, in what you do professionally? Because you work with mostly corporations and businesses now, right? Yeah, absolutely. So so I, I infuse my experience in, in academic research, right? So, you know, I tell people is, and, you know, and we were talking about the article earlier, but in 14 years I was on, I think, eight teams and, you know, I would call three of them them high performing, and I think that's where I try to go into a, to an industry industry partner with a tailored solution to help them understand how to take their sort of organic teams that are small, put together, probably product based, which is, is which is where I'm finding um, a lot of them exist, and that is helping them understand what effective looks like, which is behavioral based. Mm-hmm. And then what high-performing looks like, which is process-based, right? So once you understand the behaviors to be effective, you put processes in place that will make you high-performing. And that's what pushes you over the limit. What are, what are you seeing as you are doing like a needs analysis with your client? What, what's like, how are, how are we missing the mark on that? You know, I'm a small business owner and I've got, I, I put teams around me. Mm-hmm. I try to find elite people. Um, when you're working with your client, like where are we missing the boat? On, on that distinction that you just made? So it really, I mean, it really boils down. It starts with engagement, right? And, you know, people talk about engagement and you think of engagement in terms as, you know, well, you know, if I'm an employee, am I engaged? Am I, am I happy at work? And, you know, do I enjoy my job? That is, that's a part of it, right? But being engaged, you know, an engaged employee is really taking the extra step, going the extra mile in, to ensure that the company is meeting the mission that it's setting out to do, right? So like the culture, the strategy has been pushed down from a foundational employee. You understand that strategy. You understand the culture. You're developing climates that are consistent with the culture. You're engaged. You're going the extra mile. When it comes to to a collective, though, the difference is, you know, a lot of people, and it's all, it's a lot of it's personality-based, right? But like, you know, people... You know, high-performing individuals don't make high-performing teams, right? And I, I will re- I will resort to soft about, you know, like that. You know, when you have a lot of capable individuals that are highly intelligent, like we just said, highly skilled, highly capable, strong personalities, it can create barriers to, to success sometimes. I like the way he just humble bragged there about, you know, highly intelligent people, I think— yeah, you're talking about the guy that showed up on Friday that didn't yeah. even know what was going on. What Monday. am I doing here? I got to do pull-ups on Monday. Like, what? Is, what is this? I was this like, place? I thought I had three months for something. <laughs> a little bit of a honeymoon period, right? Yeah, that's incredible. So, you know, let's let's shift gears a little bit. We got about five minutes left in the show, um, and I want to talk about what you do now with Elite Me. Yeah, absolutely. Because you missed the camaraderie when you got out of the Navy. Well, when you were gotten out of the Navy, yeah, and you wanted to get back to that. How important is is tribe and community post service, or for anybody for that matter? Yeah, I mean it's huge, right? So I found out about Elite Meet. I think it was via LinkedIn. I was I was a struggling LinkedIn 
individual at that point in time, right? Oh, I still am. Wandering yeah. in the darkness. I still am as well. Um, <laughs> and I, I found out about Elite Meat, and I had a conversation with a guy, which coincidentally, I, I still that, I still work with him today. He, he volunteers for the organization. He's a fantastic individual. Um, he sort of onboarded me, and a couple of months later, I had the opportunity to to help them with their recruiting effort. Now, I say recruiting. It's more you don't have to recruit people to come to Elite Meet. Right. People are applying left and right, right? It's really onboarding. And I jumped at the chance because it was going to give me an opportunity to talk to people. I was still, I was still at this point where I was juggling what my next chapter was. I was going through the Honor Foundation, which mm-hmm. was a huge point of self-discovery for me. Fantastic program. Um, but I still had a lot of, lot of questions versus answers. Yeah. And, you know, when you're talking to people uh, and, and you're, I was learning things from them. I was able to help a lot of people out as I was recruiting them, but I was also able to gain a lot of information. Um, so I, I pretty much ran sort of the onboarding recruiting efforts for Elite Meet for 15 months. Okay. And uh, all through uh, 2020. Uh, and that was when I was actually experiencing my transition, which fell apart right. because of 2020. <laughs> um, yeah, you didn't get a chance to do it very fairly. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't. Uh, but, you know, I, 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 I landed on my feet, though, right? Yeah. Like, and I think that's what's important. Um, yeah, and, you know, I was really supporting uh, the community. We had a change in leadership, uh, I think, in the last fall, like around September, October time frame. And I was asked if I was interested in the position. And... It, you know, I, I struggled with that, as a matter of fact. I struggled, um, but ultimately I, I, I decided that I did. And, you know, it's ultimately because I, I was going to put the time in anyways, right? right. Like, I, I spent a lot of time, a lot of time on the phone with people, talking to them, helping them, and then it just it grew, much like you guys do, right? Like, you guys are phenomenal with, with you know, supporting people that are transitioning out there, hence, hence this show. Um, but I knew I was going to be investing all that time anyways. And I was like, well, I might as well, might as well get paid, get for, paid it. for it. Right. <laughs> and, it, but it's a, it's a phenomenal thing, but I would tell you that like elite meat is, you know, it sells itself. Um, the network is phenomenal. Um, I mean, we've got upwards of a thousand members from across the special operations community. We, you know, we focus on special operations veterans and fighter pilot veterans, mm-hmm. but you know, there is a mix of a smaller percentage of, of other people, you know, through an onboarding process and you do interviews and, you know, if you're somebody that is coming with your A game, yeah, I mean, we, we want to be able to help, right? How did you, we got about a minute left, Garrett. How did you go from like uh, transitioning Marine Raider to uh, building a company, starting a company, and then a volunteer of Elite Meat to COO in the course of one year? Like, how did all that happen? I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> you um, haven't done an AAR I think I, yet. Honestly, yeah, I think it was a lot of it was timing, right? Mm-hmm. It was relationships, and I would probably say that that's that's one of the big things. It's definitely it was definitely contingent upon relationships, right? I had a, an already established relationship with the current CEO, um, and I was really supporting her efforts before she came on board as the CEO um, because I, I I wanted to be invested in the community. I wanted what, for the membership, I wanted what was best for them. And I think she saw that, right? And she saw the drive and really the the desire to be impactful for the membership and 
the relationship was already built. Dude, that's what it's all about right there. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you lead from like a place of genuine care, then everything else kind of seems to fall into place. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, thanks for being here, man. No, thank you for having me, guys. If, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, how, how should they do it? Um, so they can, if they are on LinkedIn, as you mentioned earlier, they can connect with me there. It's uh, Garrett Harrell. So they can connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, if they are of the soft enterprise or from the fighter pilot community and they're interested in Elite Meat, it's uh, www.elitemeatus.org. Um, and they can go there and they can apply, apply for membership. And yeah. Killer, man. Will you come back? I feel like there's a lot more that we thought we were going to talk about that we didn't even get to. Yeah, always, but An hour goes by quick. It does. And next time we'll have Florida Georgia Line all queued up for you. I hope so. Kelly Clarkson. We'll do all Kelly yeah. Clarkson hour and a little bit of Lady Gaga. And Katy Perry. Matt, do you want to say goodbye to Evan for us in, in our last 30 seconds here? You want to yeah. tell him we miss him and hope him the best right now? Evan, wherever you are in the digital realm, raining down electrons, we just pray for safety and God's angels around you and know that the third leg of the tripod is really missed. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for joining us on this episode of Signal Fire Radio. We want to thank our guest, Garrett Harrell, president of Southern Cross Leadership Solutions and COO of Elite Meat. Ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoyed this show and you're listening to it on a podcast, we ask that you please leave us a review because it actually really, really helps us, and we're not just asking that for our own personal pleasure when you do that another person might be able to see it and that is what the signal fire community is all about ambitious leaders talking about ambitious leadership so that other people can follow our model and be a signal fire in their community too as well ladies and gentlemen we love you we thank you for listening and we hope that you have a great day matt why don't you say the words buddy go be a signal fire <laughs> right we'll try that again next episode my lad <laughs> good job buddy thanks I called home, one foot out the door, always stopping short just before the fall.